I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello, and this is Maximum Firepower. Today's episode is Eruption, the life and legacy of Eddie Van Halen. I have two esteemed guests with me, two excellent axe-shredding wizards in their own right, Nuno Betancourt and John Five. Nuno, of course, longtime guitarist of Extreme and a longtime friend of mine and person I will sometimes sit at the rainbow with and discuss Eddie Van Halen and many other topics. John Five, one of the greatest technical players I've ever seen, current guitarist for Rob Zombie, many other projects, including his own band, John Five and the Creatures. Thanks so much for being on the show. So let's just talk for just one minute about how we know each other. I've been a huge fan of Nuno Betancourt long before he got his first record deal. I was going to school at Harvard University in Cambridge, Mass, and Nuno's band Extreme was playing local heavy, Wednesday night was heavy metal night at a club called Celebration. So me and my closeted heavy metal fans, friends at Harvard would don our spandex, take the T down to Kenmore Square and stand with our jaws on the floor, just agape. Let me tell you, at 16, 17 years old, he was a great guitar player and obviously in some ways influenced by Eddie Van Halen, but he already had his own unique voice on the instrument. John, I've had the good fortune to see play many times, but John, how did we first become acquainted? Well, I was a total rage nut, and I would follow you wherever you guys were playing around L.A., you know, anywhere, Coconut Teaser, Raji's, anywhere. I think I've known you longer than you've known me, and it's been such a pleasure and honor to call you a friend. Yeah, well, right on, John. Thank you so much. And uh, whether it was David Lee Roth or Rob Halford, like the records and your playing has just been consistently awe-inspiring. Now I get to watch you on Instagram in your jammies shredding furiously all the time. <laughs> so, John, when's the first time that you heard Van Halen? You know, I remember this so clearly. I was in my living room. My guitar teacher came over, and it was probably 1978, like when the album came out, and he brought me the record, and he played it for me, and I was in such shock. I remember it so vividly because it had such an effect on my life, and millions and millions and millions of other people as well. But I remember it, and it just changed my life forever. Yeah, for me, I heard Running With The Devil on a Chicago radio station on a rainy day. I was in my mom's car, and we were going, there was like free swim at the high school. And I was actually going with Adam Jones from Tool, and I went to high school together. And we heard Running With The Devil on a stereo, and just, we didn't understand what was happening. You know, like sort of that yeah. descending, at the beginning. And then a, there were familiar touchstones to hard rock music that I had enjoyed before, but it was something on an entirely different level. Uh, Nuno, yes. when was the first time that you heard Van Halen? I'm the youngest of 10 kids, right? So, like everybody is, you know. And my brothers had the greatest album collection. So right when I remember in 78 when that album came out, I was 12 years old. And I, and I walked in there and I kept hearing this sound come out of through the doors through the week. And I just, I, I, I couldn't help but want to go in and find out what, what kind of sorcery this, this was that was coming through the door. So... I went in and I remember it was, you know, obviously great stereo needle. 
I remember looking at the cover, I was staring at it, at those four photos of them and how iconic that was. And I dropped the needle and I heard, you know, that debatable reverse car horn or a car horn going by till this day and a little sprinkle of either A, the springs or the, the nut or like this has been a much debate. And then boom, when that bass started and the guitars came in, it was a rap. And that was just, you know, that confused look of like what is happening right now. You know, you thought that was from another planet, but then when you got to eruption, which is like right afterwards, then you were like, all right, aliens have landed. That's it. <laughs> the spaceship was hovering in the first song, but then the aliens came out. How do you unhear that or unfeel that? It's it's impossible. And then you just, it was an obsession from that point on. Yeah, yeah. As it was Absolutely. for all. Now, now, Nuno, were you born in the Azores? Yes. Yeah. One of the things that I think is somewhat underreported about Eddie Van Halen is that he was an immigrant. With a Dutch dad and an Indonesian mom, they met in Indonesia uh, when it was a Dutch colony, and his dad was a touring musician. In L.A., the parents were working-class immigrants, a janitor and a maid. When the Van Halen boys first arrived from the Netherlands, they didn't really speak English, and they were made fun of on the playground. You know, Eddie's talked about how, you know, his, like his first friends at school were the other outsiders, whether it was sort of weirdos or the black kids. And they had gone through that in Holland, but then he really went on to sort of live the American dream. But I wonder how much, because I know for me, like I was the only black kid in all white town growing up. You were from the Azores. And John, I'm not certain of like what your path was to your axe mastering, but I know that it definitely influenced me is feeling on the outside. And one of the things that I had as armor or one of the arrows in my quiver of like sort of self-worth was playing the guitar. And I'm not certain if that was one of the things that influenced Van Halen, but it certainly could have been. I was wondering, you know, if that was something that resonates at all with you. Looking back and thinking back without a doubt, being 54 now and looking back, you gotta go without a doubt, music, rock and roll. I remember going through being Portuguese and even going through and having an accent. All my brothers went through the same thing in high school where football, you know, uh, players coming up and grabbing us and pulling up, at the, up against the lockers. And, and when we'd be speaking to each other, they'd be like, yo, speak the fucking language. You know, speak the native language. And I'd be like, and I'd be like what, Apache? Like, what do, you, what, do you, what, do you want, what do you want me to, you know? And so we used to, I, I used to get my face spit on. Guys used to walk by me just because I was Portuguese, spit right in my face, nice big lung as I'm walking by. And the only thing that I had, the, the coolness and the solace that I had was join that band in school. They had rock and like jazz. And it, it all changed when I got to perform during like a lunch break in the auditorium for the whole school playing like Zeppelin at like 14, 15, whatever it was. And, and it was just, that changed my life. It's just all of a sudden I felt empowered and like, holy shit. And I think even the rest of the school kind of looked at me different, you know, and they were like, oh, okay, maybe this kid is not so bad. Maybe he's not, we used to be called Portuguese. Like it was the, the N-word version of a Portuguese guy was you Portuguese and they'd go around and they'd embarrass you and all that stuff. Wow. Anyways, wow. that's, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that definitely happened to the Van Halen brothers as well, and I had some of that too. So let's get on to Eddie Van Halen's playing. So, John, talk to me about Eddie Van Halen as a rhythm guitar player. You know, Eddie, his rhythm, it's something you can't learn. It's just something you're born with. I mean, just like you, Tom, or Nuno, it's just inside you. You know, it's just undeniable. And that's how Eddie was. Um, you know, of course, we all know he was a drummer first. He just had that natural, natural rhythm. Even hearing him rehearse or at rehearsal, just messing around, it's just such this natural groove. And it doesn't matter how long you sit in front of a metronome or in front of a drummer or a drum machine, it's just something that's inside of you. And I played with a lot of people 
that have it and a lot of people that don't. And Eddie was definitely, definitely just had this natural groove to him. It was yeah. undeniable. I, I think he's, for me, he's in my top five all-time rhythm guitar players. And of course, his accolades come from the pyrotechnics and the lead stuff, but just, you know, and the fact that a lot of those records, you know, there's no rhythm guitar overdub whatsoever. And they're massive yeah. and they're emotional and they're heartfelt and they kick ass with just that one guitar and his hand on the strings. So Nuno, I remember when I first saw you, you know, play at Celebration in the clubs, like you kind of had all that stuff down at an early age. <laughs> you had the technique down at an early age. Well, I mean, you know, to me though, rhythm is everything. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was Van Halen and Eddie that taught me when I was listening to it going, wait a second. It's not just as we're young guitar players learning how to do scales and wanting to be do the solos and everything. Eddie kind of pulled me back a little bit and go, wait a second, you can have fun with the rhythm track. It's a whole other three minutes of the song that you can explore. And it's not just waiting and playing some chords until you get to the great solo. Right. <laughs> All his stuff was just so fun. And he, he was that guy that was doing you know, in between vocals, a vocal line, and he would answer the vocal line and do a really good pizzazzy kind of beautiful run. Nothing complex, but just tasty. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I realized, holy shit, like there's a whole other world in the rhythm playing that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, Eruption was great and all the solos were great. And with him, as I did with, with like a Joe Perry and as I did with even Zepp, I always went to the funkier side of the rock mm -hmm. stuff. So even when I heard Eddie doing like, dun, 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 it was always the funkier stuff that they did that, really like wow that that's a different pocket and that's when i knew he was definitely a drummer one of the things that you know of course that eddie is the poster child of is like reinventing the instrument you know and just taking like completely outflanking the way that people had thought about guitar beforehand and when eddie passed recently i spent some time with my nine-year-old who's becoming an accomplished guitar player in his own right we were sitting there with the first van halen record and we got to the song eruption and, you know, he, he had that like we did. He was like, what could possibly be happening on this record? I said, that's Eddie Van Halen playing guitar. And he says, really? And and I said, yeah. I said, I said, do you want to learn that? And he said, oh, nobody can play like that. I said, well, no, no, you can, you can break it down sort of like a little bit at a time. He said, dad, nobody can play like that. He nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. He nailed it. I don't care how many times ever I can learn that thing verbatim in a sense, but it'll never ever feel and yeah. sound like that and you know what i'm not even sure at that moment eddie was so cerebral and so crazy i'm not even sure he can replicate what he did that sure day sure on that day line. yeah 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 all right so john let's talk about eddie as a lead player i mean there's the spectacular stuff you know from spanish fly to cathedral to little guitars and of course eruption but like in the songs themselves it feels like a lot of that stuff is improvised right i believe so and each well, not each album, but a lot of the albums did have little instrumentals on them. And not only were they instrumentals that were amazing, but they were kind of new inventions, like Cathedral or Mean Street, the tapping and Eruption, of course, with the tapping and Spanish Fly with the acoustic playing. But he was so creative and he was inventing and he would just play all the time you know which i've heard from dave and mike that he was always had a guitar in his hands he would always play and i remember dave saying yeah he's been playing eruption for years you know before he recorded it because i mean it was just a part of him but he was it was very unorthodox too how he would pick with uh his middle finger and thumb you know very unorthodox scales but it just sounded so great and he would press down on those strings so hard i mean 
it was really, it wasn't like, you know, it was very light. He was very aggressive on that neck. And that's that tone, you know, it's all in those hands, like Nuno or you, you know, it's like everybody has that different sound and we could learn eruption, but it's not going to sound like Eddie because it's just how he hit, hit those strings. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things that I was always, you know, as a fan of metal, like maybe less so now, but but back then, like metal was looked down upon in a lot of quarters as being this kind of like bonehead music. And it was, you know, sort of stupid music for stupid people. And then Eddie Van Halen was like, you could put him forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this was a guy that had the musical chops of a classical violinist and the reinventing of a genre, you know, like a whether it's a, a Hendrix or a Mozart or a Charlie Parker, sort of like really like flipping the thing on a said so as an innovator and as a guitar player how he specifically influenced you i'll tell you how he did me the, one of the things that was coolest about eddie van halen was his guitar was that frankenstein guitar right he made that thing himself it's like it's this island of misfit toys kind of guitar and one of the coolest things about it was it only had one knob volume right super badass now i was shackled with a gibson explorer 2 guitar at the time which had many knobs and you know, it was like the matthias yob scorpion guitar and like no one <laughs> wanted that guitar <laughs> and so i was for it looked the badass though it looked badass you get it, it, looked, it looked badass but it, but during that there was that sweet spot where every month van halen was on the cover of guitar magazine he was not holding a gibson explorer let me say that he was, <laughs> and so i was in college and you know i was playing along to grim reaper records and stuff like that and then one day i had my wah pedal I started messing around with the toggle switch and my roommate who was a fan of opera came charging in he's like what the fuck you got a keyboard now too you're trying to kill me and I said does that sound like a keyboard I'm going to practice that and it was like in that moment where I thought maybe the toggle switch thing could be my tapping like I'm going to practice that eight hours a day you know and it had it not been for the many innovations of Eddie Van Halen it would have stayed remained like sort of a little trick or a little something like that rather than a cornerstone of my own identity on the guitar so I'd like to ask you guys how did Eddie Van Halen specifically influence you up till Eddie Van Halen guitar was guitar it, it made sense it was like as great as great as age was and even Hendrix and up until that point, could wrap your head around it. You saw the strings, you saw the shapes. Even if it was complex for us at the time, or, or even if Hendrix said it, it was a language you understood. When Eddie came around, it was Chinese, it was Arabic. It was like we couldn't comprehend, you know, when, is he playing with spoons? Is he playing with like, <laughs> you, you were trying to figure out, you know, boom, when he's hitting those harmonics and tapping me like, it's spoons. Me and my friends, he's hitting them with spoons. I know it, <laughs> you know, and it's like, so basically that imagination of us going, is it spoons? Is it this cathedral, the volume swells? Is it us doing it with our foot? So the lab opened up and he gave us the courage to be idiots in a way, to the idiots in the labs that just go like, if it is a toggle switch, if it is a wah-wah thing and you're doing a thing called Crybaby and that's what it's gonna be on my first album, like, that's okay. Like if you discover something and you trip over something, don't worry about what everybody else thinks about it, like own it. That's what Eddie gave us, that freedom of like, you know what? You can do this. I'm Tom Morello, and this is Maximum Firepower with my guests John Five and Nuno Betancourt. This is Eruption, the life and legacy of Eddie Van Halen, discussing King Edward, his work, and his influence on us and the world. John, how did uh, Eddie Van Halen influence you as a guitar player? I just started playing guitar, but I was really into like Hendrix and all that stuff, and of course, when I heard Eddie, it was over. You know, it was like, oh my God, this is like what I'm going to obsess on. This is everything. I mean, I was so 
into Van Halen. It was crazy. But what was cool about Eddie, not only all the leads and his technique and everything, but he rarely played power chords, which is strange. He always had different kind of chords instead of just playing a regular power chord. He would always do like these different kind of really cool open chords or something that sounds like a power chord, but it wasn't. You know, the basic like playing of like, you know, uh, like running with the devil, that sounds so great. Not power chords, you know, they were just these cool different chords. And then when you get to like little guitars and he's doing the fast picking. And then with this, me and my friends were like, wait a minute, is that two guitars? Sounds like two guitars. I bet you it's two guitars. He can't be doing that just by himself. How is it? <laughs> you know, it's impossible. And when I saw him, you know, in 1984, I was 14, seeing him do all this, I couldn't believe it. I was like, there he is. There's this guy I've been looking at and listening to for years and years and years. And he still influences me today, of course, every day. If I could expound on something you said, John, that was really interesting to me is like the chords that you're talking about and the things that he did, I think the shocker was up until that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in a band because I'm, I'm a Boston guy, Aerosmith, we're going to have two guitar players. And then after Van Halen, I could never play with another guitar player ever again. Not interested. He made it so big mm-hmm. and so monstrous just with one guitar, with the chordings and the stuff. And you're right, the riffs that he was doing, they moved. They weren't just like almost even just like a, a Sabbath riff or, or a Zeppelin riff. They were, they were swinging, they were moving. They were chordal riffs and things like that. Really, really interesting. So another, I think, huge part of his legacy is like sort of the domino effect. Because Eddie Van Halen existed, then Randy Rhodes existed, you know? And then Nuno existed. And like the DNA of Eddie Van Halen created so many great and spectacular guitar players. Also, in digging back, like I read in an interview with Ed that one of his influences was Alan Holdsworth, someone I had never heard of before. So I went back and I got Alan Holdsworth cassettes and I found a song called Metal Fatigue on one of those. Metal Fatigue, That made me, despite the sort of goofy singing on it, like the guitar playing on that, it was the first time I had ever really felt outside playing. And, And then that tremendously influenced me. I never would have gotten near any of that had it not been for Van Halen. So I think like that's one of the cornerstones of his legacy is the fact that he existed, moved so many guitar players that in turn moved other guitar players. That's amazing, Tom. Now that you brought up Metal Fatigue, which is my favorite Holesworth track off of that album, now it makes a little bit yeah. sense with you and some of those chordal things that they're doing and the, eh, eh, yeah. all that like, yeah. kind of shapes and stuff like really remind me of some yeah, of the stuff me the, that you would sort of the courage to go completely outside of that. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, one, one thing that, that it, I think it's important to mention is Eddie Van Halen as a songwriter throughout the entire history of his career. The same with Hendrix, the same with Jimmy Page. If you don't have those tunes, I heard Van Halen on the radio. You know what I mean? It wasn't at some guitar clinic. It was a big song on the radio that also had a genius guitar player. And I think that's important. Quickly, give me one personal experience that you had with Eddie Van Halen. Eddie would call me and we would talk on the phone for hours and hours and hours. And I remember he would, you know, call at really odd times. So I would always keep my ringer on. And sometimes it'd be like three in the morning, but I picked up. You pick up for Eddie you know, Van Halen. You take Eddie Van Halen. Because call. you know Eddie Van Halen doesn't sleep. He's not real. He, he never slept. Yeah. 
I remember he would say, oh, I only sleep, you know, when I'm tired or something like that. And, uh, and I remember this one time we were doing this thing. I think it was called like CD USA or something like this. This weird show uh, was with Zombie. And I remember they were like, okay, you know, guys get to the stage and everyone's getting their stuff. And he calls. And I'm like, I got to take this call. And everybody's waiting. I'm like, he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, not much, just hanging out, you know, just not much. But I did want to say, hey, I got to go. I got to go film this thing. But I just sat on the phone with them. And it's made the Pope. Everybody you can't, leave, you can't <laughs> not talk it's, to the Pope. It's the Pope, you know. It's yeah. our guy. It's our superhero. It's yeah. our Batman, our Spider-Man. And yeah. uh, oh, I just awesome. miss, him, miss him every day, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, like for, for me, with Eddie, I found out really quick that the handful or I don't know, the eight or I guess handful, one would be great for anybody. But I, I had a good like maybe six or seven different things with him that were great. And I, there's one that I've never really talked about because it didn't include him in the room, but it was something that really was exciting to me. And I always felt it was a little bit kind of like patting on the back for me. But I'm going to fucking tell you that little let's, story. Let's hear today, your humble brag, Nuno. Go. My, my humble, Go. Give, me my, give me my one. I've never said this to anybody. And I had <laughs> this. this is, it's a small little brag. But it had nothing to do with him. So it's not really a brag. First of all, we, it was weird. I was in L.A. with Dweezil Zappa. He surprised me and took me to their rehearsal. He didn't tell me it was Van Halen rehearsal. And I remember walking in. And there was a great moment I had with Eddie at that time, which I've told before about playing his rig. I walked in and I thought, oh my God, Eddie's right in front of me. There's the sound. And I was fantasizing. And he stopped actually in the middle of a song. He was so sweet because I heard nightmares about sometimes how he can be really rude if he's not in the right thing, you know, and everybody has their different versions of that. But he stopped playing the song and he came over to me. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to punch me. I thought this is that moment. And he came over and he kissed me on the lips and he gave me a big hug. And, and he's like, how are you? Come on in. I was like, oh my God, this is my, my hero. Like he, he's just welcomed me into his lair, you know, his... And, and then, then I was thinking, I'm like, I would love, there's the sound. He started playing and I, man, if everybody could disappear and I could just grab that guitar and I could just sound like Eddie for once in my entire life, because we always try to do it on all our records. We A, B, his albums. <laughs> or, and he finally said to me, come and play my rig. They took a break. I'm like, oh my God. But in front of him. And he goes, I'm going to try to mess with this pedal really quick while you do that. And I'm like, what the first in front what of Eddie play? Van Halen. <laughs> what do you play? And, and, and at first I was like, we had just finished recording Porn Graffiti. It wasn't out yet. And I'm like, I just laid this cool little solo down and get the funk out. I'm going to play that so I can like be safe, you know? And I started playing it and, and it, you know, bending the notes and I go into this little hammering thing where then get the funk out where it skips the strings. I was the new thing I was trying to do, which instead of just tapping, like, let me skip some strings and make it like sound like more like arpeggios. And he stops and he turns around and looks at me. Hey, none of that silly stuff. <laughs> and I went and I went and he laughed and I went you motherfucker you know what it was I had just done a, an article that came out on Guitar Player Magazine where I said humbly I said you know what they were talking about my tapping and some of the stuff and I go like to be honest with you guys whenever I tap I feel silly because it's just obviously Eddie it's like you can't hide it. it's like I so I feel silly so he turns around he goes none of that silly stuff <laughs> and I thought he is would, so the guy the guy reads magazines and all that stuff. And then, then Alex came up to me and grabbed me and said, I hear you're touring with Dave. And he literally went in my face. He goes, you tell that motherfucker that he's like, fuck. And he started going in on me like, oh, my God. Okay, I'll tell him. Went back on tour with Dave, standing there at soundcheck. And there's one riff that I always play when I check my rig. We all have that, I think, when we kind of go in and we play something like right away. It was the riff to a song we have called He-Man Woman Hater. Why? Because it's percussive. It was like, and I always wanted to hear to make sure that my rap pedal was in, it was tight or whatever it is. I'm playing that riff and 
We just sent our sound guy home because he had a family emergency. Somebody's dad died or something, whatever. We have to hire a sound man the next day. And I'm like, that's a horrifying thing for us opening for Dave. We're like, what are we going to do? They said, there's a guy coming in named Jim Yakabushki. He just got off the Van Halen tour. And I'm like, hired. No problem. Good enough for Eddie. Good enough for me. <laughs> I go up at Soundcheck. I play the riff to check my amp. I hear it. I never met him yet. He's at the board. He goes, hey, Nuno, what, what is that you're playing there? What, what is that that's going on? I'm like, great. The guy didn't even listen to our damn album. Thank you so much. This is great. I'm like, fuck this dude. He comes up. He goes, I'm sorry. I didn't want to offend you, but I just wanted to know what that was. I go, it's a song off our album. He goes, sorry, I didn't get a chance to hear everything yet. I just got off the tour. I go, why do you ask? He goes, and he walked away. I go, why do you ask? He goes, Eddie was, I heard him playing that for like two weeks at Soundcheck. Oh, And I'm wow. like, wait, wait. I'm like, come back here. Come back here. I'm like, tell me that story again. <laughs> Say he that goes, no, I heard him trying Say to work out that riff at Soundcheck. I go, Are you sure it was? He goes, no doubt. I might even have it recorded. I used to record Soundchecks. And I go, great. That's all I need to know. Thank you. I can wow. die now. Oh and that was that. I've never told That's anybody great. that story. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's all great. Right. All right. I'd like to thank Nuno Betancourt and John Five. I'm Tom Morello. It's been Maximum Firepower. It's been a pleasure chatting with you gentlemen about the great Edward Van Halen. Till next time, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the Sirius XM app. Search Maximum Firepower. Oh.